Welcome, true believers, to the one podcast you need to prepare yourselves for Avengers Endgame, Nompro's spoiler-free recap of every MCU movie ever. The mighty Marvel Minute Mayhem. Yes, that's right. We have one minute each for each movie, and we're going to recap it all for you in preparation for the most ambitious crossover event since Abbott and Costello killed two of the three Stooges. I'm your host, Frank, and I'm joined by an ensemble cast of Nompro alums to help guide you in something you very likely don't need in the first place. Oh, and about the lack of spoilers, we won't spoil Endgame, but yeah, we're, we're spoiling everything else. All right, folks, ready to begin? First up, talking about Iron Man from 2008 is Ken and Pope. Ken and Pope, begin. Perfectly beautiful execution by John Favreau and bringing a comic book to life. Using a character that was third rate in anybody's eyes who wasn't a fan going into it, who probably never even heard of the character, which also seemed to set the stage for later on Marvel movies, because every time they introduce a new title, everyone's like, who is this? When you mm-hmm. get to, like, you know, Guardians and everybody yeah, else later. I like, remember you telling me, we don't know who old <laughs> Bullethead is. Robert Downey Jr. gets to play himself, but also a crazy inventor. You get to pull in the Iraq War, so it gets to be more uh, topical. Sure, they pulled in some you know heavy heavy hitters beyond Robert Downey Jr. You know you have uh, pulling in Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, what's his face for Terrence Howard? Terrence Howard. Uh, uh, Don John, Cheadle. Don Cheadle. John Favreau casting himself. <laughs> yeah, you know that was always fun. You know, uh, it's great how they get to do that. You know, and the, the smaller characters, how happy you know has always been around. But I just love everything about this movie. I'm so happy that it happened because this is what catapulted us to where we are today. No, again, setting up the uh, the uh, stage for the entire Marvel universe, and and the uh, the first one to actually have a um, a post credit scene. Yeah. yeah, the post credit scene it is essential. The right, now. like I think that. That makes the Marvel Cinematic Universe more than anything else. Certainly more than anything else Something in that, that, movie. that that started off as a throwaway actually became what the universe is. And they got to bring it around full circle because uh, Samuel L. Jackson was copied for the Ultimates line of Nick Fury. So we, it was great that they... We don't talk about the Ultimates line of Nick Fury. We, do, we don't talk about the Ultimate lines of anything. I'm sorry. I, vetoed. I, vetoed. I just, I just like that he literally inspired himself to be in the movie. We all know that David Hasselhoff should have been Nick Fury, the end of story. All right. Oh, God, we're out of time. Trumbull and Michelle. All right. Come on down. I'm not doing it. All right. We are talking about The Incredible Hulk starring Don Cheadle. Go. Veto. Really? Oh, we got a first veto. So uh, you were the first one to be nominated. So Michelle, do you want to use your veto power to stay in? Ken wants to talk about the Incredible Hulk. No, you could use your veto power to stay. What do you want to do? I don't know if I care that much. Uh, then probably don't use your veto power to stay. Yeah, I guess I'll just I'll just oh, leave. Oh, she was so excited, and wow. Ken is a jerk. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, Ken now. Ken is using his veto power to keep hogging the mic. He could have Ken. vetoed before he got out. No, no. <laughs> I forgot what the next movie was. He's I'm sorry. a jerk. <laughs> Ken and Trumbull begin talking about the guy who is the Incredible Hulk. I forgot his name. And Norton. And Norton. Eric Not Bana. Go for it. Eric Bana's Incredible Hulk. Go. Uh, I think Incredible Hulk is the most underrated movie in the MCU. I agree. I, I think it's great. I don't think it's perfect. I think it could be a better movie if it was re-edited slightly and they put some of those deleted scenes back in. But I think it's a very good movie. I think Edward Norton did a great job. 
I would have been interested in seeing him stick around in the role. I wish, I, it, I wish his ego was uh, a little bit off, so he would have yeah, stayed. Yeah, uh, that's true. I mean, I like what Mark Ruffalo does in the role, but I would have been fine with uh, Norton continuing in the role. I, he's closer to my personal conception of Bruce Banner than Mark Ruffalo. I, I love the uh, the amount of uh, nuances and homages, actually. Mm-hmm. And the, the opening scene was almost essentially the beginning of the, the TV series with him in the chair uh, yeah. undergoing 70s TV procedure. Show. Uh, the music actually would, would become reminiscent once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite actors, Tim Roth, as the Abomination, I thought was actually oh, really Tim incredible. Tim Roth as the Abomination, really good. Lou Ferrigno was also in it. That was yep. another great thing. Yep. Yep. Um, and one of the carryovers into the uh, future films was William Hurt as Thunderbolt Ross, coming yep. back later on in uh, Civil, uh, Civil War. Yeah, mm-hmm. I forgot about that. That's Liv the, Tyler yeah. did a very good job as yeah. Betty Ross. Yeah, um, it's, uh, I think it was a very well-rounded movie, and um, I love the whole countdown to uh, the last time we had a Hulk. That's and, great. Yeah, uh, how many days since he's hulked out? That I think was that's really very neat. cool. That was really neat. So wh- let's talk quickly. I want you guys to talk about um, the the fact that Incredible Hulk basically starts out the MCU more so than the after credits thing in Iron Man. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, I mean, if it wasn't for if that movie was more successful. Or less successful the whole thing would be overdone absolutely i mean it had a lot going against it considering the previous hulk movie that ang lee did which i think is, is still bad. sour in everybody's is very eyes. bad uh it, it already had a lot going against it from the get-go so to see I, I, what I we like got the hulk poodle and it it did it did <laughs> have the misfortune of being released in the same summer as iron man so it just got very overshadowed by iron man because yeah back it had when we the did novelty. not care about having superhero movies every five seconds yeah. oh we are out of time all right Next up, the next movie. That's how it works. Time is progressive. You're aging and dying. Wow. Pete! Shh. Pete versus Al. Versus? Vito. I guess no. this one. <laughs> I don't know why this became versus, but fight for the death. We are going to deal with that old chestnut, Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2, I would definitely say, is not a great movie. I think I need to open with that and be perfectly honest and say, listen, I get it. Um, we just had an entire, like, underrated thing about Incredible Hulk and about how actually, like, you're not going to get that from me. I don't, I don't feel comfortable uh, with Iron Nampo being the podcast network that says, Iron Man terrible. Incredible Hulk really good, though. <laughs> Eric Bona. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I thought I was going to be talking about Thor here. Uh, I got the order confused. No, uh, we have Whiplash. I remember when I first heard that Whiplash was going to be the villain for Iron Man 2. And I was like, what? <laughs> we uh, don't want success. I will, I will actually give them credit. They made Whiplash a much more credible villain and a much more enjoyable villain for me than I ever, knowing the comic book character, I ever thought he could be. Do you know how they did that? They just gave him Red Dynamo's story. That's, why, that's how they yeah, did that's that. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I think we all would have been ticked off if we had another Iron Man fights just a another guy in a different colored tin can. I guess. I mean, it's like, like it's weird. Like, Rourke is really good in that movie. Like, him in that whole scene where he's like, there'll be sharks in the water. And like, you know, you like, it's great. He does a great performance. Mm-hmm. And even going so far, far as like uh, having the whole bird pet thing was kind of funny. I liked that bit. But and I actually do like the other villain, which was uh, Justin Hammer. I think is mm-hmm. the is yeah. his name yep. played by um oh god I'm forgetting the actor's name, Sam Rockwell. Thank you, Sam Rockwell, 
The ju- forgettable Sam Rockwell. No, he wasn't really. He played the greatest used car salesman villain. Um, mm. And I think he did a great job. It's a shame. The villains Since do- who? That really <laughs> demanded a since somebody. Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor. Oh, <laughs> all right. Da, 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 yeah. Exactly that. We're out of time. Out uh, of time. Next movie, as is the way things work with time. Next movie, James. <laughs> He's shocked by his own name. James and Michelle. James and Michelle, come on down. This movie will be Thor. I mean, it was Thor previously. It was always Thor. It was not like I made it that. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Before we go to, like, this is the. Uh, All right, get to a mic if you're going to say something. Uh, this is like the best movie for James to review because I think you saw it in theaters like what seven times. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Oh let's, wow! Let, I'll get into it. Oh, All right, really, that is very sad. But let's go with this sad story. Go Thor. Uh, so I saw Thor like me and my wife, uh, my girlfriend wife. at the time, All right. uh, and sorry. then I saw it with so like Al. And AJ? And then I saw it with, like, my friends Mike and Rob. And then I saw it with, like, two other groups of people. And don't get me wrong. Kenneth Branagh's Thor is better than it has any right to be. All right. Right? It really, for some reason, like, manages to balance humor and kind of... Kenneth Branagh's idea of Shakespearean storytelling that he wanted to bring to the world of Thor from the comics. Um... You know, really well, but not not like seven times well. Um, yeah, but Thor does a lot of great things, right, Michelle? So funnily <laughs> enough, as many as times as James has seen Thor, I believe I've only watched the movie through once at a drive-in theater in Vineland, New Jersey. And hey, I, spent, I know that theater. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a nice right, drive-in theater. It's good. Well, we it were makes in a the really garbage old, movie's good. Yeah, yeah. It, it did. Um, oh, no, wow. no, no, no offense to that. It was the Pirates of the Caribbean movie that played after Thor. But I spent a good amount of time of Thor waiting in line for a pretzel at the snack stand. Wow. However, I very much appreciated Natalie Portman. Wow. So that was like the exact opposite <laughs> I know, review. It was actually really great. <laughs> well, let's talk Black about the white. most important thing Thor does, and that is introduce us to Loki. Right? Loki yeah. is the oh, yeah. major mainstay villain of the MCU. Screw you, Chris uh, Hemsworth. Villain, frenemy, yada, yada, yada. But, I mean... It's complicated. Out of all the characters that stick around in the MCU that aren't heroes, Loki has the most staying power of all of them. And Tom Hiddleston does a great job opposite um, Chris Hemsworth in this. <laughs> you know? Like, mm-hmm. he steals the show from him pretty much every time he's out there. Um, you know. Speaking of stealing the show, Michelle... I always very much enjoyed the humor throughout all of the Thor movies of him just very much being uh, Earth. I do what now? Oh, but I am God. Wonderful. Stole the show. Stole the show. All right. Next movie on our list. It's Captain America, the first Avenger featuring AJ and... I pulled their name and for no Ken Ken Vito come down oh, oh. vetoed uh, you would be technically vetoing Ken first Ken you're gonna use your your veto refreshed it's okay we we had to pull the names don't make me explain how the sausage is made <laughs> it's not fun for anybody you can unveto his veto do it I want to see this happen I want to see the shoe fly across the room it's my favorite character so now hope gets it. Already. What? It doesn't so matter. three vetoes used. Got oh, it. don't you like the way I do the thing? 
I like the way you do the thing. Thank you, Michelle gets a point. We're doing points now. <laughs> We're doing points now. There were always points. Ken and Pope, do your words. Okay, this is the movie that invented the MCU. Uh, I, in my opinion, like this is the movie that brought it all full circle because you know you have an, another amazing character in Chris Evans as Captain America, Steve Rogers. To this day, absolutely 100% my favorite character to see on the screen. I I can't stop watching him. I've seen this movie like probably 30 times. It's very hard to, to actually take a, uh, an idea of going back and doing World War II in a comic book movie and keeping everybody on board. Yeah. Uh, someone like Joe Johnson was the perfect choice director-wise after movies like uh, The Rocketeer to come in and take on a tackle. I almost like spit my coffee out because I'm drinking coffee and also Rocketeer, I did not know that. Yeah. He did the Rocketeer, I didn't know that. Look at me learning things from this podcast. And, also, and, and, I, and the other thing I would bring up, uh, people always talk about forgettable villains in the MCU. Red Skull was always one of my all-time favorite villains, and I thought Hugo Weaving was incredible. And considering what the 90s did for that Captain America movie, um, we'll just com for completely forget about that. Uh, but yeah, go ahead, Pope. I was going to say, you know, you bring in a lot of like old characters that nobody had any idea who they were. You know, all the Howling... Uh, the Howling Commandos. The Howling Commandos. You got Peggy Carter. You got uh, Bucky, because nobody cared about any of those people really besides that. Yep. I mean, Send sure. your letters courtesy of Pope. Arnold so Zola. We've talked about yeah, this, exactly. but there was, there was so much that like started here and literally just continued to bloom. You had, you know, spin off Peggy Carter. You have a Winter Soldier a villain. You have Zola continuing to be villain after that. Like yep. it just grew and grew and grew. This was like the most firmly planted movie at that point. Yeah. And then I, also I brought agree. everything full circle because like I said, this is really where you birth the MCU the and jump into Avengers. The uh, the introduction of, of the uh, Tesseract yeah. was mm -hmm. brought into this. So yeah. we actually had the uh, seeds of, of the Avengers. Everything else up until this point has either been a sequel directly to Iron Man or an Incredible Hulk movie or Thor, which doesn't count. James isn't here, right? Doesn't count. So, Captain America, the first and original MCU movie, according to our crappy science. Next up, Pope, it's you again, James. He's back. We're talking about Avengers. In pod form, James, Pope, the Avengers. I can't wait to hear you guys say this start of the MCU, like uh, every other one. <laughs> Go. Like, as much as I really wanted to see Captain America on the screen, this was like that point, well, it's like the second point in the MCU where I just like sat there and I was just like dreaming about this moment for years. The first was seeing uh, Rhodey and Iron Man fight back to back in, in Iron Man 2. But anyway, um, just coming into this movie, like there's a reason this movie made over a billion dollars. Like every second of this movie just was captivating. It's, it's amazing. It's awesome. It, it, it's our first, what I'll call an event movie, right? We have event comics, so this is this is an event movie. And it does something that, like, I don't think we were all sure we could do up until this point. Comic book movies at this point relatively had a difficult time balancing multiple villains. We talk about Iron Man 2, we talk about, you Spider -Man know... Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 3, right? Other movies that just couldn't balance that many characters. The idea of having that many heroes... People we want to give even more time to than the villains. I, I just don't think we thought it was going to work. Yeah, and you know how they made it work? They erased most of the villains, and the heroes just became the villains. They were just like arguing with each other, and I love it. I'm it, all about it. It was really great. And then on top of that, using Loki, a villain we've already kind of established as a bad guy, right? We don't have to go into this movie really getting to know anybody. You know what I mean? We also, though, do get the reintroduction of Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk, uh -huh. which I thought was really cool. And I also thought it was great that we got to go back and see Black Widow and Hawkeye for the first time actually having character growth instead of being these random background people who we, we don't didn't care even, about. Yeah, we forgot to even mention them in any of our other reviews. Hooray for forgetting about them. 
All right, yeah, I think Avengers movie, iconic, the best movie ever. But guess what? Phase two is coming, and phase two, we changed the rules up slightly. This time, we have a parliamentary procedure, and if something passes, Congress, wait, no, never mind any of that, Iron Man 3 with P and AJ. I'm, I'm going to veto again. I don't want to talk about Iron Man 3. <laughs> Self-inflicted vetoes no. don't count. I want to veto, but I could talk about it. I'll do it, I'll do it. If somebody... It's all good. So Iron Man 3 happened. <laughs> is, there, is this a panel full of people who don't want to talk about Iron Man 3? I'm trying desperately to remember it. Good. Do it. <laughs> do it. Get up to close no, the mic. Iron Man 3 was about how Tony got scared by aliens oh, and didn't yeah. want to be Iron Man anymore. Yeah. Uh, and then a kid helped him build Iron Man again. And that kid turned out to be... Nobody. Spider-Man. <laughs> Didn't he? No. no probably not. No, not matter. even a little bit. That would have been maybe interesting. But nope. No, it wouldn't have. Uh, it was the PTSD Iron Man. If there's consequences to Iron Man or to any of mm -hmm. these superhero movies, I think that's one of the first ones. Mm, there's kind of consequences. You get sure enemies of. coming. He got uh, drunk and blew up his house in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he yeah. did. Yeah. He, he also had a giant teddy bear, uh, which he gave to Pepper. How about this? Oh, like yeah. Two he stories tall. Terrorist that made yeah. his house blow up. How about this he, first Iron Man movie or first uh, MCU movie that deals with the you know sometimes icky background that a lot of these comic books that come from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s have with uh, stereotypes. Mm. How about that? Two yeah. white guys on the panel. It's a <laughs> they, did a, they did kind of kind of sort of tackle the Mandarin. Yeah. Uh, who, who was uh, a major Iron Man villain that was alluded to in the first Iron Man movie but didn't really go anywhere. And then we found out that no, it wasn't really the Mandarin anyway. It was just Ben Kingsley playing the Mandarin. I think there were some or good moments. Ben Kingsley playing a guy who was playing the Mandarin. I, I guess it also brought in the humanity of these heroes. I don't know. I mean, that's always not. Ah, yeah, no. I, I think mean, it's. I, I think, think it's it made fair. an attempt like, at all like, of that. Like yeah. the PTSD was definitely a main plot of this movie, and it does come back in the next few movies, where like the consequences of their bad actions gather weight. Until Civil War later on. Yeah, just, you can't just... So Avengers was really cool because you have a bunch of heroes who are arguing. That's a big part of it, like James said. It was like having... Where's the conflict come from? It's them not trusting each other. How tedious would be if it was the next 12 movies was me having a bell! No, you needed to have characters continue with their evolution or else Civil War isn't going to be exciting at all when it comes up. No, hey, you also didn't want to have Iron Man deciding he wasn't going to be any Iron Man anymore and then... And the next movie is like, LOL, nah. That is contract negotiation. <laughs> Thor, The Dark World, starring Trumbull and Al actually showed up. I'll do it, whatever. You want to do it? You actually said vetoed on this it's one. You, all right. Trumbull and Al. Al, what do you think about Thor, The Dark World? Well... I've said I think at least three or four times on this on this show or network rather that Thor two is the most squandered potential that uh, the MCU has ever put down. There is a great movie hiding in there that is just bogged down by a romance that has no chemistry and Eccleston giving the worst performance of his entire life, blowing up the throne of his tyranny, the people who put him his people away, and no emotion whatsoever. Like, this movie has all the, the pieces to be amazing and then just does nothing with it. I would largely agree with that. Yeah. It's it's not... It, it is the least of the MCU movies, in my opinion. Yeah. It's, uh, it doesn't have a great villain. 
Uh, Darcy gets really, really annoying in this one. Oh. I like her in the first one, but she gets really annoying. Oh my in lord! The Dark World. Well, because Darcy, and, and Darcy in this and movie, it's very obvious that Natalie Portman does not want to be there because originally Patty Jenkins was supposed to direct, and then she didn't direct for reasons I forget, hmm. and then. Yeah, so Natalie Portman was like halfway out the door. Yeah. I'll put one caveat on this. I think uh, Hemsworth's Thor is more interesting in this movie. No, you, you're right. I Hemsworth mean, is always good. Yeah. He's always solid. I mean, and, and I've said many times, him and Loki have great scenes oh, in that yeah, movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, it's worth seeing the film just because, and there's that great cameo by... Um, uh, Chris, Chris Evans. Evans. Yeah. yeah. Who's like when uh, Loki's going through all of us. Uh, That's fun. I mean, it has its yeah. moments. There, it does. There are definitely fun moments. Uh, even the least good Marvel movie is still very watchable. Yeah. And and Thor the Dark World is still very watchable. Yeah. I feel like once we get to the midpoint of phase two, Marvel carries so much potential that even movies that aren't necessarily the best still feel good. Feels like yeah. you're moving yeah. forward. And, and I'll say this, and it continued something. the track record of having decent final battles, which was a, we forget was a huge Marvel problem in the beginning. Like we didn't go over it in the last few movies, but like all those like like you know, first Avenger has a turret battle as its like final battle. Oh, too bad. Yeah. Too bad. Turret Portal battle. in real life. It was great. What? All right. Now we have moved on to the Winter Soldier. Captain America Winter Soldier, which will feature Michelle and Ken. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) He did say he was going to beat her. Oh, I, oh! I, I, I misunderstood that. I didn't really understand what was going on. The veto thing is kind of weird. I don't know why Trumbull insisted on it. Anyways, <laughs> moving on to Captain America, Winter Soldier, Electric Boogaloo. Go. I'm sorry. Wait, I yelled, wait, wait. so who's doing it with me? So is, yeah. is it going to be you and Michelle then? Uh, yeah, you and Michelle. Okay. Oh, it's always me and James. Well, well I didn't plan this, okay? Are you <laughs> suggesting own, that I'm fault. trying to hook you two up? Because <laughs> oh I am. What Screw you, Katie. <laughs> Screw you, Katie. Going into the podcast. I'm not editing it out. That's fine. Uh, Winter Soldier is actually one of my favorite movies in this, I guess, part of the universe of the time frame things, whatever. Uh, Mostly just because it links in really, really well with the TV series Shield, which I don't really know if that it doesn't really fall into the universe, but it does at the same time. Good point. No, I think it's yeah. I think it is. Uh, I really liked the plot from the show, so I really liked this movie, and I also just enjoy a lot of the World War II history crap and then the thing at the <laughs> end. World War II history World crap. Yeah. Uh, and it's the science and the uh, there's a scene at the end and I love Bucky. I just, mm. you know, yes. my heart it, goes out to him. It does everything that Phase 2 up until this point in his first two movies has been trying to pull off but kind of waffles at. It gives real consequences to real world actions all across the MCU. It brings uh it starts the really starts the trend of bringing a bunch of different heroes together and making these movies ensemble pieces and not just having it captain america x thor y iron man z you know what i mean right we don't need at this point those movies again and again and again we want more interesting scenarios with these characters yeah. and that's what this does without the crossover being did you see the shield in the background which is kind of cool for the first few years but now we but, need more right but now we're talking falcon we're talking bucky we're talking we're talking black um, widow black widow we're so talking, much screen time in this movie we're talking nick fury we're talking you know maria just, hill Agent 13. Just tons of people in this movie that feel like they have 
uh, in impact, right? And it just defines kind of what phase two is going forward. Plus having a great plot, dealing with the gray, really giving Chris Evans, uh, you know, a great piece to act. All that arms flexing when he's... (laughs) Upper body strength is essential. I rang bells for upper body strength. You can keep talking. We got a couple more minutes, seconds. Go. No, but there isn't a lot of Peggy Carter in this one anymore because she's old. Boo! Let older women act in Hollywood. I agree, but she's at the stage where she's like bedridden old. There's there's no acting. Haley Atwell is not that old. <laughs> oh, you meant the character. Yes, I yes, meant the character. I yes. meant the character. Very, very good. I'm so, very pro old women that, on films. <laughs> we are pro... <laughs> No. We all love the Golden Girls here. It yeah, was very right. much better way oh, no. it was going. All right, cool. It's also the first. Uh, oh, are you still talking to the, the you jerk? The Russos, didn't they? Oh yeah. First yeah. Direct yeah. This? yeah. So oh, oh, bringing Russos. us into Endgame. I don't know if that's offensive. Is that racist? Is it going to be racist in the next ten years? Probably. Check back in if podcast still exists and America's still alive. All right, Pope and James for Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, this is a movie that executed something really well in really integrating nostalgia into a movie and like that way you, you were already introduced to, into a movie you were you know being introduced into how do you what <laughs> say the like, words again <laughs> like you you were already comfortable in a world that hadn't been explained to you yet oh yeah all right it, yeah it, it does a good job uh, i i thought this was the movie i was gonna be like i'm not interested i don't know anything about the guardians of the galaxy space opera no thanks I did that with my hands. No thanks. <laughs> it does a it does a really great job. Frank, you and I actually even got to go see a portion of the movie mm. before it came out. Behind we were invited to scenes. a preview. Sure. Um, and it, yeah, it just really blew me away how familiar you get to feel with these characters and these set pieces without having a lot of background. It also feels different from the MCU, which at this point feels fresh. You know, it it doesn't feel like the other I, movies. From what I heard, which is like, a nice break. Uh, what was the screenwriter's name? I can't remember her name. Uh, but like, she took a property that nobody wanted to touch and kind of went off on her own, which may have actually alluded to some, like you know, her doing so well with it because she had no one bearing down on her, forcing ideas of you know characters everybody loved already. And and really, again, like so if, if we if we look at Favreau, uh, who set the tone for Iron Man, yeah. cool. Uh, Kenneth Branagh set the tone for Thor, but that stuck. That was either hit or miss for people. Uh, and then the Russo brothers proved that hey, we should be the ones who should direct the helm on the mo- mainstream properties. But I think the next big, like, major different is James Gunn when he comes out for Guardians of the Galaxy. And that nostalgia thing that Pope said in the beginning when his brain went crazy was, I think, the soundtrack, right? Because, like, that thing made me feel like, I'm going to watch Space Opera Bullcrap. But then when he comes out dancing to the thing, I'm like, hey, that's the thing. It was also the the, the ad campaign really, like, to this day is still like the best advertising they've done for any of those movies because like even the teaser with just you know Uga Chuka Uga Chuka and the floating mm-hmm. through space and I was like I need to see that movie I need well, to and they Uga had a Chuka. huge uphill battle exactly, to make people yeah. be interested in this and they did it and and they cared they about, like, made caring us about interested. Rocket Raccoon which if you said ten years ago anybody would care about Rocket Raccoon I would put you in an asylum Howard the Duck is the next movie we're gonna talk what no we're not don't be stupid all right we're gonna do. Uh, the next movie is Age of, uh, Age of Ultron with Al and my favorite person in the world, Trumbull. No. All right, fine. Good enough. How Al gets all the like. This is very on brand, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, all right. So I will say this: uh, Age of Ultron, a incredibly troubling uh, film, uh, to say the least, for a lot of reasons. Um, 
I love Ultron in that movie. I'll say that. Trumbull, what are you anything positive to say? Uh, Good addition, ow! <laughs> you like Ultron and Age of Ultron. Well, that's that's, that's, that's about it. You're taking much. a stand. Like, um, that's all I got. <laughs> uh, I, I enjoy this movie. I think it gets a little more grief than it deserves. It it gave us uh, the Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, the Vision. Yeah. Uh, it. I love that Avengers party scene towards the beginning. Oh, that's fantastic. That is that is just so charming. It's just them sitting around. I, I can just watch them sitting yep. around BSing in the, their HQ for ages. Yep. That's a lot of fun. I wish we'd have more movie scenes like that, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bit all over the place plot-wise. It's trying to do a lot of stuff and probably biting off a little more than it can chew. And a lot but, apparently wound up on the cutting room floor. Yeah, yeah, and and it broke Joss Whedon, which is unfortunate. Mm, we need our Joss Whedon. We, 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 I, I prefer my Joss Whedon to be together, mm-hmm. just yeah. mentally and physically and just in general. What do we think about the villain in that, the guy from Stargate? <laughs> I've not I, done my research. Beyond, um, I think I said, like, I liked Ultron. I think he's the... One saving grace out of the say film. his name out. Ultron, give him the Ultron James like Spader. Spader's name. Oh. James Spader. James we all Spader. knew James it. Spader, the you're the only one who didn't. All right, it's re- it's a really entertaining movie if you just think of it as a really weird sequel to Less Than Zero. Uh, maybe, but like I think there, I think it has it trips itself out the gate. There are a t- couple times where it catches itself and then unfortunately mm-hmm. falls again. Yeah. As a big Vision fan, I was really hoping that this was gonna. I don't know. I like him okay in this, but I, I don't know. I, I don't really think weird addition to like here's a whole new hero, but let's not really address it. It's yeah, no, I was not. I was a little disappointed with that. I really didn't. I mean, I guess he, where when else was he going to show up? Fine, yeah. but it was also kind of like eh. yeah. Also, like I'm not sure whose responsibility, whose fault was Ultron? Was it all Tony? Is he a jerk? Most Probably. things are Tony's fault. We mostly fault. just yes. blame yeah. Tony. It's even. Tony's fault. Accurate. Yeah. 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 Oh, he we're drinks out a lot. Of time. We are out of time. Uh, but. We have our next group of uh, commentators for Ant-Man, and that is Ken and Michelle. Ken and Michelle sit by the mics. Ken and Michelle. You look so excited, Michelle. You're going to share mics. Vito. What? Vito? Oh, Pope calls in. All right, so it's Ken and Pope again. Paul Rudd is an absolute treasure. And that, that's, like, really the most that you need to say about this movie, because, yeah. Oh, this just in, Paul Rudd, implicated in many, many, many harassment claims. We don't but care. But they're all physical He's still harassment. a treasure. It's fine. He just puts his hands on people to hurt them. It, it was definitely one of those movies where... <laughs> None of this is going uh, it, in. It goes back that it's one of those movies where it was one of those characters where you're... Ex- you don't know what to expect. If, if this was going to be the, the, the film that actually tanked the franchise... Because uh, it just looks so over the top comedic, and it was so outside of what we've seen so far, at least where the trailers were concerned. I mean, I was highly skeptical. Um, I wish I could have seen exactly what Edgar Wright's full movie was going to be. Uh, as much as I did appreciate and enjoy the film, uh, I think it would have been a lot better. You know, because it came after Guardians of the Galaxy, it was able to, you know, really revel in those comic elements it was going for. Like a lot of like the, the slapstick of him slamming into stuff and stuff like that, like really getting a hold of his powers. And honestly, I'd say it had the most heartwarming moment of uh, him, you know, bonding with Antony and then tragically losing him right before the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Antony, better sidekick than Bucky. Oh, <laughs> and, and the other thing too is uh, going back to the model of uh, trying to get you know 
known, respected actors. Michael Douglas was incredible in it, I thought. Mm. I thought it was a great yeah. addition to it. I was hoping for a younger Hank Pym, but uh, I, I think it worked pretty well. I think that's probably the best bet you could go. For whatever reason, Hank Pym, as a comic book character, has been saddled with the you-know-what forever. I know. He, it's he like, originally created yeah. Ultron. It was such a it's terrible such a tragedy. Bad thing. So the easiest thing to do is make him an enfeebled old man. Yeah. And then you're just like, who cares? I'll just throw you down a... Set the stairs. I mean, technically, I'll just you did, do it. You did get to see him in the suit for part of the movie with the flashback, which was cool. Him down a set and of you know, stairs. and very very brief cameo by <laughs> oh, the way. Oh, time off. But 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 best Ooh. movie in 3D in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, Nate. Um. All right. Now let's enter Phase Three with Captain America: Civil War, featuring Pete and Michelle. Captain America: Civil War. Civil War is probably the uh, the movie that I I never thought they'd be able to make. Uh, and really, this didn't deserve to be a Captain America movie. This should have been an Avengers movie. Good point. Uh, but the Russos did a good job with it. Uh, it's It marks the uh, the first time that Marvel and Sony collaborated to bring Spider-Man into the Marvel Universe, which I think was a huge landmark and a very important step to uh, creating a more full Marvel Universe. And I think they hit the nail on the head with uh, Tom Holland. He did a great job as Spider-Man. That was going to be my highlight of this movie is the uh, appearance of Spider-Man as done by Tom Holland. So, it's because it's like, no, kid, you can't help. You can't help that much. But he's like, I'm here. I'm here to help. What's your name? Spider-Man? <laughs> he was adorable and uh, I think a lot of levity for a movie that was kind of dark and yeah. upsetting. Um, also, I mean, they did Civil War, but did they really do Civil War? It wasn't the comic book Civil War. No. There wasn't no. nearly as much terribleness that could have happened uh i think it was really interesting to see you saw that the um clash between tony and steve and then that leads you up to in the future movies of them having the riff but being able to get over it and everything like that yes yeah the consequences did seem toned down a lot from yeah. the uh, comic books well, i think necessarily so have they actually seen each other since i not technically no. 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 yeah they haven't even yeah. seen each other in no. the movie all right in um in infinity war so next up is Doctor Strange with AJ and James. Uh, vetoes have refreshed in case people want to use their vetoes. I'll veto. Oh, suddenly oh. vetoes are a good idea, Trumbull. Huh? Yeah. All right. Yeah. You <laughs> Trying are, to keep you on your toes, Frank. You're taking over from James. James, you want to veto his veto? No. All right, good. Then it just works that way. AJ and Trumbull, go! Woo, car accident. <laughs> <laughs> and that is your two minutes. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Woo car accidents. Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I did. I, I love the movie. I, and I liked I liked the progression we had for the buildup of this character and um, how you teach a really proud man humility. Oh. And not really because he was still kind of a dick. Mm. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I. This is this is one of my favorites. I, I was really looking forward to the Doctor Strange movie because it opened it up to a new realm, like literally and figuratively, because it's the whole universe of magic. And it's one of my favorite castings in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I was really rooting for Cumberbatch to get the role. I was afraid he wouldn't because he was so busy with Sherlock and other things. And then he got Sherlock, the role. which records one episode every 13 years. But yes, <laughs> yes. so busy. Yes, yeah. but he's doing a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. He was an in-demand guy. Um, and he he did a wonderful job in the movie. Um, Rachel McAdams was great. She needs more to do in the sequel. 
because um, God, that was a thankless role. She oh, had. she that's like what the third movie in a row where she plays the significant other of someone who does time travel, yes. but does not do any time travel. It's herself. a really weird time what casting. What a has. weird thing. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, it's, it's got a really good villain. It's got it's got uh, Barry Mordo. It's got uh, Dormammu. Yes. Uh, Dormammu, who is also a Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, he's so versatile. Yeah, he could be two guys. <laughs> he's And you, you got he's Wong. Wong was great. Mm, indeed. Oh, and the, the effects are incredible. Wong. Can't go There's wrong with wonderful location photography. It's it's a great movie. So interesting I, point. I'm sorry. Go on, AJ. I just I love that the the main villain defeat wasn't just run up and punch it. You know, yes, like, it was. Like the, it's, it's still and get punched forever. It, it was like I'm sorry. Uh, no, you can finish that sentence. Right. I mean, it was just kind of like. Like watching a D and D game where mm-hmm. the DM you, you can't finish that sentence. We're done. <laughs> no, no, Battle? we don't need to give you that. Wow. And then the player comes in and does something that like shouldn't even exist in the book. But for they've some reason, cut off your did. microphone. Yeah, yeah. I call right. shenanigans. You, you, you made me and Al talk about awkward race things with uh, with Mandarin, but we didn't bring up the ancient one. Oh yeah. She's a white chick now. Deal with it. Uh, that's all we have time for. Also, when you got, when you started that off with yay uh, car accidents, I thought we were still talking about Captain America Civil War, which also yay car accidents. Woo. Awful. Do not listen to this podcast while driving or at all. Hey, next is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 with Pope and Pete. Begin. So Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, the second mixtape was not as good as the first. I mean, the mixtape specifically. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I feel like it was weaker out of the gate. Pope has auto veto. No, I'm sorry. Pete has auto veto. It, it was weak out of the gate just because, it, like, I feel like there is a sophomore mm. slump with several of the Marvel movies in this way. But at the same time, I feel like it was fun. Uh, they had Baby Groot. Mm, Baby Groot. And that thing. was possibly one of the best opening credit sequences of any Marvel movie, certainly. A lot of fun, uh, yeah. It made me buy that ELO album, actually. <laughs> made you. And it, it was excellent. I mean, just excellent. Hey, Kurt Russell. Yeah. I'm. Uh, you know what? I know he's not the... Uh, Oa? No. Who, ego. 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 He wasn't ego the traditional we all ego. To. <laughs> the traditional but, ego. But we get introduced to Celestials in that way, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, you get sort some fun of, powers yeah. for Peter yeah. Quill, who... Did he really have any powers in the comics at all? Uh, I don't you, know. He doesn't really. At least fun visiting that for a little while, because, you know, normally he's just your ragtag gunslinger type. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed the redemption of... Uh, oh, I can't think of his name. Mary Poppins. What? Yeah, Yondu. Like, you Yondu. really get, like, a re- redemption of Yondu, oh. especially, you know, with the end at that funeral, and, and again, alluding to other Disney properties through Mary Poppins. I feel like, you know, that's a, it wasn't as surprising just because we had Guardians of the Galaxy 1 come out, but when you think about it, it's still, like, a perfect action-adventure movie. Oh, I had absolutely. a hell of a lot of time, a lot of fun watching it, that. It was one of the f- most fun movies they've ever done. Mm. And yeah. Sylvester Stallone. Oh, I forgot about him entirely. Like, there were so many and amazing cameos. Miley like, Howard Cyrus. the Duck. I forgot about him and what Miley Cyrus. Miley was, Cyrus was one of the uh, the they were the, the Ravagers in the end. Yeah. <laughs> Miley Cyrus, well, one of the Ravager. original Guardians of the Galaxy crew. Interesting, mm. very very interesting. Not really that interesting, but we got to move on. So next up is Spider Man Homecoming. Ow and Trumbull. I really love Spider-Man Homecoming. I mean, Tom Holland was a breath of fresh air as Spider-Man mm-hmm. after the whole debacle, the Andrew Garfield stuff. Uh, and yeah. I wouldn't you know, go that far. Uh, well, I would, and mm-hmm. I did. That's fair. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's he's great. He's he's right age for the role, and you know, Spider-Man's actually as funny as he's supposed to be for once, which is which is a lot of fun. 
and uh, Michael Keaton. Come on. You, he was the star of that film, in my opinion. The scene where he's driving him to prom. Oh, that's just so incredible. Where there's the red light while things getting tense, and then when everything dawns on him, the green light goes on. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. It's great. I will say, like, I, it's funny you bring up the humor. Um, one of my minor quibbles with the film, actually, is, like, there's this weird disconnect between uh, him a lot of the time as far as being very quippy when the movie demands it to be, and then, oddly enough, he's still the very nervous teenager off of that. Like, mm. they just turn on his charm at... Like the drop of a uh, hat for non. You know what? Spider Man usually like we're talking about Tobey Maguire Spider Man. He's maybe somewhat awkward as a te- as Peter Parker. Yeah. But mm-hmm. when he puts a costume on, suddenly he's a jokester. In this case, I think all the humor is actually funny as an awkward teen. Like it's just he's always on. He's always in character. But he's it. it those jokes land independently. Uh, yeah, they're good jokes. Like, I think that like I feel like the weird like it's you who's out, Gobby, out of your mind moment was just like what. All right, good I, job. I, there, I don't. Th- I don't think McGuire's Spider-Man was ever especially funny. No, personally. not and, at all. I mean, yeah. uh, I I thought Garfield's was just a jerk, personally. But uh, like but it. Holland Holland was just. He, he got the it. balance right. I mean, because yeah. hey, Spider-Man Peter do Parker, flip. Yep. he is a nervous teen and he is a funny jokester. He, those are two elements of his character, yep. and you got to get both of those right. And. And I feel Holland gets that performance exactly correct. I feel mm-hmm. like everyone, all the ancillary characters are actually really, really good, too. I love Ned Leeds. I never expected to really love Ned, Ned Leeds. Ned was so awesome. He was great. I'm I looking mean, at porn. Yeah. <laughs> that's not me quoting Ned. I'm just, like, looking at porn oh, right okay. now as we're yeah, recording this. Um, I, I actually feel like, like uh, good use of Liz Allen in a, in a, in a movie. Yeah. Like, we didn't yeah. go back to the good and, station. I mean, the plot twist, I did not see it coming. And, and I was as shocked as Peter. Even when though they the set it up well through that they film. They set it up beautifully. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, the vulture fights I thought were really good, especially towards the end there. Mm-hmm. I like that he doesn't die. That was great. I love seeing a bad movie. guy go to prison for a change. Yeah, That's that a refreshing was... change. And it started a trend that follows through Marvel forever. Well, right? no, we would hope. <laughs> but what no. do you want, James? Something interesting to point out. This is the first, first film that is not an origin. Oh, interesting. That's true. Really? Actually, yeah. not at all interesting. We James, I don't want to hear anything from you for the rest of the Didn't need to see night. it again. Boom, we boom, covered boom. It thoroughly yeah, we covered it thoroughly yeah. through two we other, four, care. six other films. Who not knows? an uh, interesting yeah. point. Boo, no more from James tonight. Next Woo-hoo! up, Thor Ragnarok with Ken and James. <laughs> oh, no. How did wow. that happen? <laughs> Vito. Uh, uh, is it Ken or me? Technically, it was James and Ken. I just said it in the wrong order. Uh... So fight for it. Physically fight for it. We just took Do Ken it. Hasn't, I feel like Ken hasn't talked in a while. You sure? Yep. Ken's How better than James. All right. Ken's better than James. <laughs> Ken's James and Michelle. James. Hello. Welcome to the James and Michelle show. Ooh. God, why did this happen? <laughs> All right. Talk about Thor Ragnarok. Ah. Uh, <laughs> it's not. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. <laughs> So just like with the first Thor, you still see his the humor of Chris Helmsworth's character so much in this movie. I just very much liked it a lot and didn't really think about what I wanted to say that much about how much I liked bad this movie. Use of a veto. Very bad, bad use, use of a veto. Chris, <laughs> James stole while Chris Helmsworth is amazing at humor. It's honestly one of his best the the best things he does as an actor. Pairing him up with Taika Waititi, who did um, what we do in the shadows, 
was just a, a stroke of genius. The The film feels incredibly unique, has an incredible visual style that feels like it was right out of the comics made by Jack Kirby. It, it just does so much good for Thor, the Thor universe, that it even, to me, devalues... Infinity War? I agree with that. Yeah, Infinity War is less good because Ragnarok was so good. It does such a good job. We also see Loki kind of try to make a redemption storyline for himself in this where he assumed he's dead, turns out he's not dead. Oh, look, well, Mm -hmm. actually, I'm not the bad sibling here because you forgot about Hela who dad trapped in the underworld. And now she's not as bad sibling. (laughs) She's going to come back and kill us all. That perfect. Uh, We see a lot of self sacrifice for everyone that's living, the Asgardians, and they give up their home to go on the spaceship and. And then yeah. a lot of terrible things happen to them later. Yes, <laughs> it's it really is one of my favorite MCU movies, and it is very upsetting that like two movies later, a lot of it's undone. Also, the Collector and oh uh, god, uh, Jeff Goldblum's, Jeff Goldblum's Collector, character, amazing, and the, the Grandmaster. Grandmaster. The, oh yeah. my and, bad, and my there's bad. some powerful moments too. It's not just the comedy. Uh, who are you? God, uh, what was the line? Uh, you're not Thor, god, god of, of hammers. hammers. And it's amazing and poignant. And then two movies later, he's Thor, god of axe hammers. But <laughs> never mind that. Um, yeah, and, I, yeah, and, and there's and a reference to Planet Hulk. Yep. You're right. Ken's the ghost of Ken's past. It's, come it's out also to remind us. Technically, the film chronologically that leads up directly to the Avengers: Infinity War, yeah. which is important. Which at first I didn't sure. actually put two, those two together, and then when I did, like oh, the second the time I watched, I, yeah. thanks Frank, I didn't realize <laughs> oh, that. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I almost cried. I went, wait, now it all makes sense. That's that's the Asgardians on the and yeah. thanks oh. Pope. At least Pope oh, cares oh. about me. No, he he's doesn't. He's looking for loose change. Jackass. <laughs> 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 oh look, he found a quarter. Wow, magic! <laughs> Speaking of magic, Black Panther starring Michelle. Oh, cool. And Ken, what? It was destiny. (laughs) Black Panther, Ken, Michelle, go. This is one of those great movies that does one of those full circles from start to finish, where we start off in the past, uh, get a bit of a a story that winds up wrapping back around to near perfection. Um, And it's, I love the, uh, the story about family. And I think it was one of the most discussed and argued um, is this the most justified villain in the Marvel Universe oh, yeah, at this definitely. point? Oh, this movie makes me so mad about the whole like family crap because sorry if you had just not abandoned your child in America and took him back to Wakanda because he was technically half Wakandian anyway and he should have been given the rights to be mm. there, we wouldn't have had any problem. But of course, no. Takala's father's choice to ban the father and from what he did now the son is banned but he still has access sins of the father sins story. of the father yeah. and, la, la, la. <laughs> and my lip thing i'm doing acceptable. the lip thing and <laughs> yeah um but it just it frustrated me a lot it was a really great movie i love the movie and i understand why they did it but it still just makes me sad yeah the, I, the fa- i'm sorry the fact that we got wakanda was incredible visually yeah. beautiful to, to watch um and like one of the uh, the 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 films that I I can say that had a better female presence in the heroes than than the men. I think the the women were a hell of a lot stronger than than the guys in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. And let's not. All right. So the whole point of us going crazy and doing this thing is that you know as geeks we were surprised to see comic book movies come to the screen. So representation is super important. We're talking about geek representation, but this film was amazing for the way it shows Africa and African art and all that am- wonderful job 
absolutely outstanding. Did you see that funny thing where there were a bunch of men that were like, oh, I don't understand why Shuri's such a great character, blah, blah, blah. She's like a 16-year-old and she's not that smart. And there's no way she's that smart. It's like, nah, she is that smart. I did not, but screw those people. Yeah, screw those people because she's great. And once again, another human torch playing a different character in the MCU. (laughs) Next up is Avengers Infinity War with Trumbull and Michelle. Wait, really? Yeah. How does this happen? Names go in hats. They come out of the hat. I have explained it <laughs> 90,000 times. Like, could could you lottery? explain it one more time, please? No. Can you explain Vito it? Vito still exists. Okay. Shall we do this? Ooh, I heard Vito. That goes under um, Michelle and Pope. Welcome to the Michelle Show. This is now Michelle's Ooh. show. Michelle. Hey, in here. Michelle so Show. So remember when Michelle was sad about the end of Thor? Well, now we're at the beginning of Infinity's War and I'm <laughs> sad again. <laughs> Michelle Sussad. You know, so. I mean, th- this is certainly an awkward movie. Uh, even, you know, most seen through medium Groot, you know, you know, teenager Groot. It's just like, medium, like the, Groot. medium Groot, you know, middle Groot. I loved a lot of this movie, but I feel like everybody is just angsty about this. We wanted so much out of this movie, and I feel like it delivered so much. And, it, you know, it let a villain win, which people were complaining about forever. But everybody still found a way to get even more angry because they took away everything they loved. I also feel like it was very rushed. And it, where there was a lot of hopping back and forth between here we are at this location and here we are at this location I mean, and here we are at this location. That's I classic st- comic yeah. book telling. Like that's so, and I did where you like have three it. different stories that are supposed to squirrel into one. Yeah, I did enjoy it and I liked it, but I feel like it, there could have been things that were done to stretch it out a little. Yeah, just make it two movies. Just make it two movies, Marvel. They did and that. Like, I mean, it was a two-hour, forty-minute movie, but like. Oh. I feel like I hit like a broad swath of emotions in that movie. I was I was able to laugh as hard as I've laughed at any movie. I like was literally about to have a panic attack right before Spider Man died. I, mm-hmm. I was, what? but so then he angry. got relaxed right yeah, after that. He, he's I don't, now. I don't he, know he's, what you're he, talking about. My yeah, voice exactly. always sounds like this. I am so muscular. I'm he's not, not. He's not. I'm not entirely sure who you're doing. Oh, uh, <laughs> but what? What is this? What's happening, Quill? Michelle? Quill. Oh, in the very beginning. Uh, <laughs> good enough. Like, we have yes, an angel. It's yeah. just, and and also it was fun because like it it, it did glance us back at older stuff. You know, we got to see Red Skull. It did a good job of uh, reca- like recapping ten years yeah. of movies. And you know, it, it was nostalgic because we all knew what it was going in. We. We all knew it was going to happen at the end, but we all secretly hoped it didn't happen, and now we're all violently awaiting this new movie. I didn't expect the ending. I really didn't think they were going to do that, and I love it. I love the way they re-upped the Infinity Wars or Infinity Saga storyline by having the heroes die at the end, not in the beginning, which isn't a thing if you're a comic book fan. Well, if we not, had one person listen to our podcast. Hey, next up on our list is... Is it Michelle again? No, Damn. it is Al and James getting together to talk about their favorite movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Wow, do I have a lot of opinions about this movie. Are but, they good or are they bad? Uh, combination of the two. You want to start us off, James? Do you want me to start? Yeah, I guess I, I have a lot of problems with Ant-Man, and I feel like it lives in the shadow of the story that was the production of Ant-Man. So I yeah. think I enjoy Ant-Man and the Wasp maybe more than I enjoy Ant-Man, even though it might still be a mixed bag. I think that watered down Edgar Wright is still pretty decent um, in comparison to Ant Man and the Wasp. I have to say, like Ant Man and the Wasp was the first time I watched a super one of the Marvel M- MCU movies. Rather, jeez, could I say it any other way? Um, and it was like this is the most Disney they have ever gotten. Was Ant Man and the Wasp? It was very, very Disney. I, I mean, like the kid um, science is kind of magic. It's not really science. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, 
Like when they bring back uh, Hope's mom, she's fine. Oh, things There's and, nothing- yeah, the whole time I was actually expecting um, uh, Hank to die. Literally everything. The whole yeah. time feels, like, oh, I don't want to see this. It feels very anti-consequences as compared to we've had an entire phase of consequences. Screw yeah. that. The last movie was Infinity War where everybody died and I didn't need that again. And this movie totally was like, hey, I understand that. I'm going to guide you through this because you can't handle a horrible thing happening again except for the after credits. Well, this is my weird thing I'm going to say. It's like, if you wanted to have goofy, fun times, awesome movie time, then you didn't need to give me... Um, troubled assassin who's dealing with her mortality and like really will sacrifice another human being in order to live or whatever like dealing with these very big heavy issues you could have just had let's have another goofy heist movie you could absolutely do that but I don't think it's wrong to do it the way they did it because I, I recently rewatched this and to be perfectly honest having a villain who's like I'm going to I need to save my own life I don't necessarily need to kill millions like it's not one or the other. It's not like no, I I'm a goofy heist person or I'm a mass murderer. I agree, but having any semblance of consequences or having any semblance of like actual depth into into that situation besides just well, we'll just hug it out and everything's fine. Like literally she comes there, she hugs ghost and it's just done. And it's like again, science is magic. Yes. Again, on a positive note, I really like Evangeline Lilly in this movie. I really like that they gave yeah. her an opportunity to shine. I love all the stuff they do with the Wasp, particularly the way she fights and the way they introduce her fighting style. Of oh, man. Big and small. That's really cool. And jumping all around. It, it looks great. Visually, it's awesome. Uh, I wish... Um, I'm going to say Morpheus, but... Uh, nope, Lawrence that's Fishburne. horrible. Lawrence Fishburne. Wow. <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne got a little more opportunity to yep. shine. I think his role was good, but I feel mm. like we could have gotten a little bit more from him. I agree. Also, I agree with James on the fight scenes. They're really good. Good. Woo! Good. I'm glad Improved this happened. Improved from Ant-Man, even. Wow. Wonderful. For our last movie before Avengers Endgame, Captain Marvel with Ken and B. Ken Wait. and B, join me in this near mid episode. Everybody was Shanghai. What about the Inhumans? Shut your mouth. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. All right, two minutes to and, talk. And, and, and theatrical and release, correct, damn and it. Correct Frank real quick. Uh, Hank did die at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> well, no, well, he got dusted. We, don't, we still don't know that that means you're dead. Mm. Well, we said that Spider-Man died earlier or something. TDS, like anyway. TDS. Let's go, Captain Marvel. So Captain Marvel uh, also was a movie. Oh, One of my favorite characters that, unfortunately, I didn't think enough justice was given to. Uh, an incredibly strong character that we didn't get to see her full potential until the end. And unfortunately for me, felt like the film was drawn out a little too long by the a, time we actually got there. You know what I've heard people call it? An, an or, a phase one origin movie, which we haven't had in a while. Mm-hmm. A movie where somebody learns their powers, and it takes them a while to get to the point it, it, where Captain it, Marvel's yeah. Captain Marvel. I could see that. I, 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 think, I, don't think I, I didn't have a problem with it, actually. Yeah, I, I, I was think a, it was important to, uh, to give the origin for this character. It wasn't mm-hmm, a character I that agree. most people are familiar with, and it does take a lot of explaining to understand why you know this character suddenly exists in the world yeah uh, yeah uh, ch- ch- changing expectations for fans too was swapping the role of the scroll and the Cree in the traditional sense of storytelling within Marvel in this that's interesting wow. and it's also very accurate a lot of people say like oh they did a good job because the scrolls aren't a race of bad guys and I'm like that's cool why are the Cree though yeah yeah which is a, mm. a swapping is a better term for it so we'll see if there's consequences to that in inhumans the movie no we're not doing it Sorry. <laughs> no they better not mm. no uh the uh de-aging effects on uh, incredible sam and uh clark Craig. Col- yeah colson and fury i I, w- I wish we could get a colson fury buddy cop show set in the 90s it could be interesting uh the, the, the flurkin 
Yeah, that was pretty fun too. I actually think um, uh, so. Uh, Sam Jackson and Brie Larson would uh, have a great buddy cop movie in there as well. I, I mm. want. I think what we've heard a lot from the people on this uh, this panel is we want to see these little moments where characters get to interact with one another as opposed to just beat up bad guys. And guess what? We're gonna beat up the biggest bad guy of all next. Well, by the time this podcast is posted, Avengers Endgame will be in theaters. What do we hope as a collective will happen in this movie? Everybody gets to say one wish. And if somebody says it before you, tough noogies. Ken. The Megas. Of course you want the Megas, you jerk. Pete. Darcy Triumphant. <laughs> yes, Darcy Triumphant. Perfect. Trumbull. Frank Hablaoui, savagely beaten. <laughs> <laughs> he took mine. <laughs> uh now with the Fox merger complete, uh, 12 or more frames of Deadpool. Okay. I feel like everyone's are so dark, and I just want something happy. I want Captain America to get sent back in time to be with Peggy Carter, and they'll have cute babies. Oh, babies. <laughs> or, like, or like whatever type of family they choose to have, because nah. they could just have seven cats or something. It'd be great. Baby True. U.S. agent. <laughs> James. <laughs> Mr. Fantastic. You're stealing mine. Oh, you made eye contact with me. You think I'm not going to edit this podcast, you little bitch? (laughs) (laughs) Actual actual lines of dialogue from Avengers Endgame, Frank. (laughs) Right right before I'm bubbled. Uh, All right. Al? I really don't want Thanos to be the, uh, the... The main antagonist. I'm just, I'm cool if he's what we take out in Act 1. Um, they go up there and, like, they avenge him and have, like, a very shallow victory because it's like... <laughs> they go up there and avenge him. Real matter of fact, they beat up a dying old man. Good. And it's done, but, like, I, I, I will stick to my guns that, like, his story's over, and I feel like going back to that well was a mistake, and I'll eat my hat if they prove me wrong in this film. Yo. I want Thanos to realize that he has the power to make the universe twice as big instead of just deleting <laughs> half of it. Yeah, math. Mm. Thanos math. I want Thanos to be instrumental in fixing everything that went wrong. I want a redemption arc for Thanos. That's right. I want a full-ass redemption arc for Thanos. All those things and more can possibly happen in the next few hours. We won't know because we will be crying in theaters or celebrating. Who knows? We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, like, follow, and subscribe to you guys. Also, don't forget about our Patreon level of pay $100 and I'll read you anything via voicemail. That's true. That's right. Anything now. That's dangerous. That's really bad. We've got to be careful. I I really want someone to be like, please read me this microwave instruction manual or something. I like that. (laughs) There's so much space on a voicemail. Look, I can make something really sexy sound really bad. Be like Iago from Aladdin. Yes. If you like this podcast, I can't believe it. If you like this podcast, assuming I was able to edit it in time before Thursday, please like, follow, and subscribe to our network because that pays the bill somehow. We don't really know how it works. If you know, tell us. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablaoui. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.